My name is Chris Chai and you're listening to Launch Bike, coming to you from our homes on Sunday, twi- July 20th, 2014. With me is my regular co-host, Brian Lee. Hello! We here at Launch Bike talk about starting up in Singapore and share our experiences, lessons and thoughts. Launch Bike is part of the Vulcan Network, a network dedicated to bringing you the latest lifestyle and tech news. Today we are talking about business plans and business ideas. Do you need a business plan? What's in a business plan? And what are our personal checklists for ideas? So Brian, how have you been? Oh, uh, good. Very good. Yes. (coughs) Wow. How come this time around is my voice? Uh, so we had we had some feedback about uh, us uh, you know our sound need to drink some water so we have all yep. the water already. Uh, yep. this week yep. is uh, good, and oh, I had a uh interesting experience actually adventurous experience. So uh-huh. uh Thursday I was out running with uh some friends, so we were doing some stretching. And we place our phone. Actually, my friend placed his phone right behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because it was in the park and we were doing the stretching uh, along the roadside. So we had to place the phone uh, near to the benches, the park right. benches. Yeah. Uh, but we were all facing each other. The problem is, uh, after the stretch, we realized that my friend's phone was stolen. was not there anymore. Oh, what? Yeah, uh, it was an iPhone 5S. Wow, uh-huh. so it's like new phone. So the next thing we do was to like we started to run around and just to check hey if anyone like uh because it was around in the eight p.m. plus uh so it's quite dark around the park area. So we were running around to see if you know uh if anyone happened to see it or you know they took it and they were playing with it. So it took about fifteen minutes uh and so. We did not find a phone, so the next step was to use find my iPhone. But mm-hmm. uh, there was no one was carrying a phone, except for the other friend who had his phone with him. So we went to my place, uh, log on to iCloud, use find my iPhone, or and the mo- next moment we realized, hey, the phone in, the guy never switched off the phone, and <laughs> <laughs> and the 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 blinker was blinking, and it was in Kalang area. So we so the next moment is I took my phone, we keep tracking using the find my iPhone and we went to the place. Oh it's like adventure. Uh we went to the place, we wanted to uh we cannot bash in although we found the it was around the factory industrial area. We cannot bash in because it is like private, right? Because the factory area you can just go in. So uh we called for the police, the uh so the police came and uh when the police came, because we cannot determine which which unit of the factory it is, because it's one stretch of factory, so mm-hmm. we realized that on Find My iPhone, you can actually make your phone uh, ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the feature that can make the missing phone ring, and because it was late at night, and we uh, we click on the ring, and we are able to narrow down to exact unit that. Uh, the i stolen iPhone was or the missing iPhone was. Well, right, the, right. at that point of time, like I'm double doubly sold that I'm not gonna get any phone anymore except iPhone because they have this <laughs> function, right? So, uh, so we determine uh the police not on the door, 
the someone in the factory refused to open the door. There was a big a bit of commotion. Mm. A few more police call for his supervisor. Uh, their supervisor supervisor came. Uh, I just cut the story short. We managed to get back the phone, but mm. all with the help of the police and find my phone. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to determine like which unit the yeah. missing phone was. Yeah. Oh, it was so ex. Uh. It was so adventurous, exciting <laughs> that moment because like, you have to run around uh, trying to figure out which exact unit was it and trying to listen to the, to the ringtone as well. Yeah, luckily he didn't turn it off. Eh? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a few interesting points that uh, we feel that my friend was very lucky. First, mm-hmm. he did not turn it off. Second, when the phone rang for the first time, the guy did not turn it off also. We are able to like click four to five times until the ringtone stop, and with that we are able to narrow down already. Yeah, so I don't know mm. why. Maybe he also don't know that find my, uh, on the iPhone itself has the find my iPhone feature. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, does Android has this kind of feature? Uh, I believe so. I think there are quite a few apps that allow you to do um the similar uh-huh. kind of find my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've never really used it myself, so. Never really checked. Uh, Probably though. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 is the most the week most happening event for me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually it lasted Ooh. quite long. Uh so I had to leave about eleven plus. Mm-hmm. My friend, the victim, he yeah. actually went to the police station, do all the recording of statement. It dragged to around four AM in the morning. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's very late. Wow. Yeah. Because they had to determine, it's a fine line between, uh, is this a criminal case or is it, you know, accidentally took that thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like mm. a fine line. Yeah, between charging that person and not charging that person. <laughs> How was your week, man? Uh, my week was good. I met quite a few people. Um, just different people in the startup scene. Uh, all of them very interesting to talk to, I guess. Uh, yeah. So and you had a recording yesterday. Yeah, like yesterday, uh, met Tinkerbox mm-hmm. because we were doing a recording for um, a podcast with E twenty seven. So that was interesting. We were talking about the mobile space and mobile apps in general. So it's pretty interesting. It probably will be coming out in a couple of weeks time. Um, we need to uh, settle a couple more administrative stuff. But if you guys listen to it, you might have a chance to win a book. So. We will let you guys know as soon as that one's up. Cool. Yeah. So that was my week. Uh, anywho, shall we jump right into the topic? Yes. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about like business ideas and business plans. And mm-hmm. I think for anyone who has tried pitching to panels before or tried to get a grant, mm-hmm. the first thing that they will usually ask you to do is to do out a proper business plan mm-hmm. and to do a, a sort of presentation about the business plan. So... In in general, for startup people like ourselves, right, mm-hmm. we think this is kind of a waste of time. You know, you, why would you want to write out everything? I'd rather just get out there and start doing it first, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what do you think about that thought, Brian? Oh, uh, in fact, I also don't know why they want us to write a business plan, but mm-hmm. it is something that investors or panels always love their startup team to write, but they never actually read. I feel. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. I think it's pretty much true for like 90% of the panels who are asking for a business plan. Yeah. Because you'll end up having like a 20-page report that at the end of the day, 
is really just fluff. Yeah, right? fluff. Uh, however, yeah. there is one point that when I when I was talking to investors, although they admit that they will not read your business plan, mm-hmm. but they say that uh, it's really up to individual interpretation. They say that by making you doing the business plan, we hope that you will think through whether what you are doing is viable. Yeah, and I think that's actually the only reason to do a business plan. Yeah. But the problem is that uh, because we are, because of the way that they ask for it mm-hmm. and the way that we view business plans as uh, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. it ends up being an exercise in just uh, writing the right words on paper. Yeah. Yeah. So the good thing about a business plan is really that it does make you think through of the different stages and what you need and whether or not the idea is really viable. Mm-hmm. And I think later on we'll go into some of the key uh, questions you need to answer when you're doing a business plan but at the same time don't do the business plan for investors don't do it for the review committee or whatever mm-hmm. do it for yourself mm-hmm. that's what i felt about um doing all these business plans and stuff and in the end i actually never really did a formal business plan <laughs> so the just, yeah, yeah sorry i just uh went ahead and created my own like uh roadmap and goals of what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the current trend right now is, uh, like you had said that, uh, we, or how, how should we put it, the, the entrepreneurs, like ourselves, mm-hmm. we believe that un- uh, business plan doesn't really work and uh, there's a lot of sound coming along so I'm going to try to speak louder uh-huh. uh, because we've been reading about uh, like tech news, uh, like tech crunch or any uh tech sites, right? They've been talking about like Intel when it first started, it was only a three-page business plan. So we are yeah. sort of like, uh, business plan has not not much usage because you're wasting a lot of time and the trend I believe is moving into, hey, let me get the MVP out. For example, setting up a landing page, uh, collecting emails and from those emails, I start to ask, hey, uh, are you interested in this kind of product or rather, mm. this is what I'm going to build, will you be paying for it? Uh, this is a trend now. What do you think about this trend? Is it like uh, overrated or is it something that we should really do? Okay, so this trend is actually taken from the Lean UX methodology wherein you get an MVP and you go out and you validate with customers. The whole idea of this is that you want to validate all your assumptions that you have made. Say, if you want to create a curated list of uh, startup ideas, right? then uh, what you would do is not code out an entire website that just collates ideas. You just go find sites, maybe some Evernote uh, public page, right? Put all the business ideas there and send it to a group of people who are interested in these ideas and give them a feel of what is it like to receive this curated list. So um, the MVP should be done with minimal effort, but used to validate whether or not people find it useful. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's a pretty interesting way to start out with your idea and vetting your business idea. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't work for a lot of ideas. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I personally agree on the, uh, the time part. Because sometimes when you are putting effort into developing your products, you start to pay a lot of attention to the engineering part. Like for example, yes. uh, should, I, should I be adding this feature? Should I be adding that feature? Uh, 
by creating a simple landing page, for example, using Evernote, like you say, the public page, or even using WordPress, helps you to eliminate all those feature set first and focus on talking to the users. Correct. So the story I like to tell is actually of Vitsi. Uh, before Tian and Derek met me, we or they created this Facebook page where uh, they just invited friends and then gave them uh, short stories and short films uh, on a weekly basis to see whether or not they were interested and what kind of reaction they got. So that was an excellent way to do an MVP where you invite friends and then you judge their reaction on the films that they uh, received. Yeah. And we're back. And we were actually talking about landing pages before we took this short break. Uh, so yes, Brian, you were saying. Oh, I was saying that people are jaded by many landing pages that doesn't produce anything. They are just trying to collect emails. So I'm not sure. I, I mean, it started off as a great idea of MVP, but it's like everyone is doing it. So I'm not sure whether is this, the, is this still the correct way of doing it or are there other better ways you have in mind? That's true. And um, actually, what I always liken it to is like doing a Kickstarter mm-hmm. where... You know, you just put up an idea, you just put up how you're uh, going to achieve it and also like what it can give your users and see whether or not they're excited about it. If you get a lot of emails, it indicates there's interest in what you're trying to do. But at the same time, Kickstarter's slightly better in that people will actually back you with their money and not just sign up for emails, mm-hmm. which is in, in a way like very little effort and not really a good judge of whether or not it's valuable to the user. Yeah. And speaking of Kickstarter, you have a friend that is doing it right now. And do yes, you believe that that I is do. a good way of... He, so he started with a Facebook page. So he's also planning to go on Kickstarter. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to validate it. Um, so what we're talking about is a product called Keystone. It's very much like the KeySmart product, but built with aluminum and looks very solid. And also it's uh, coming from Singapore. So... The great thing about what he did was that he posted up the Facebook page and then just shared it. And then I picked it up. And uh, initially, he had about 11, 12 likes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as soon as our friends saw it, we started to spread it among our own uh, own pages, our own friends, and sharing the post about Keystone. And there was definitely interest, especially from uh, the startup community. Mm -hmm. I got people like pinging me messages asking me, oh, is this your product? Uh, it looks cool. When can we start to get it? And then I just forwarded all these messages to Abel, who is the guy who's creating the Keystone. And yeah, he was very, very encouraged. And uh, it immediately validated that he has at least 50 customers at this point. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so uh, again, it, it, even though it's a physical product, it's not a digital product, it was, something, it was also a way that he could validate that people wanted this solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the entire uh, purpose of a business plan of a, of a MVP is to see whether or not people will buy what you want to sell. So, so the thing here is we've been talking about like different ideas, how we can test our business plan. So from what I noticed, both of us are sharing one common thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it, are you creating something that people want? Or are you solving a problem that people feel so painful about it that they were willing to pay for it? Yep, correct. So uh, that kind of covers the question of like 
why you need a business plan, mm-hmm. but also there are other things that you need inside it in the idea, right? So there's the whole idea of how do you execute this plan and whether or not it is viable. Mm-hmm. And this is something that is very hard to do. In fact, uh, I think one of the ways that you should start doing it is following a model that has been out there for a while. It's called the um, it's called the Lean Canvas or the uh, it's adapted from the business model canvas basically. Mm-hmm. So this canvas is basically just a grid that gives you different boxes to fill in, problem, solution, key metrics, um, value proposition, and stuff like that. And the good thing about this canvas is that it makes you think about questions about your product. Whether or not you have advantages, how are you going to reach your customers, and things like that, and that's entirely on execution, and it's something that I think a lot of startups kind of miss out when they first come up with the idea, and it's a lot of the questions that the investors will ask, right on the get go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's also definitely interesting for you as an entrepreneur to think about these things before you even start, because if you have a clear idea of how you're going to go about um, creating your advantages or getting to your customers, you don't have to deal with the problem while you're in the middle of building your product. Yeah. So I'm 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 looking at the lean canvas. Uh, so comparing it to the business model canvas, the idea of business model canvas is to have a clear concept of how are you going to, uh, how are you going to run your business and how are you going to make money eventually and what problem are you solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people get carried away they add in a lot of points like hey I'm going to have these key features these 5 key features I'm going to have these 10 key partners I'm going to have this 5 super value proposition for other uh, my users yeah but there's so, no point yeah but people get carried away which is why Lean Canvas is introduced uh, they have uh, I'm looking at the picture right so we are going to share it on the show notes itself they remove uh-huh. some of the key parts like for example key activities they just turn it into one point. So what is your solution? And yeah. the key partners, what is the problem that you're trying to solve? Mm-hmm. And just give me one key matrix that you're going to track. So for example, for example, VC might be uh, how many people are watching this video at this point of time? Uh, when is the best time for me to send out emailers to engage users? And yeah. for interest might be, for example, uh, how many people are using our hardware products and are they using exactly. our frequent... Uh, frequent basis yeah uh, even though these kinds of metrics seem very uh, common sense to mm-hmm. you if once you do it at the start sometimes while you're executing you will forget yeah yeah this and you will lose focus on what exactly you're trying to achieve and having this business plan at the start right is something you can <clears throat> sorry something that you can come back to and then uh, make sure that you're still focused on generating the value that you intended to right at the start mm-hmm. yeah. so I'd just like to run through um because it's hard for the listeners to visualize, so I want to run through some points uh, on the lean mm-hmm. canvas. Uh, so on the, uh, so it starts with one, two, three, four, all oh, nine. It's exactly the same. So it starts with customer segment, mm-hmm. trying to determine what is your target audience, what are your unfair advantage. You know, like uh, you've been in the industry for a long time. So for for example, you've been selling wine. It's naturally for you to have the advantage to maybe start a wine e-commerce. Yes, uh, because you have all the contacts. You yeah. have the, the distributors already, connections already made. Yeah, it's the same 
It's the same like your POS. Like, you need the unfair advantage. <laughs> okay, so we shall skip that. Uh, you need to have the correct channels to reach to. Mm-hmm. Correct channels. And you need to have revenue stream. Think about revenue stream as well. So, I think this revenue stream, you do not need to think of, uh, like, it's not only one. Uh, you can have several revenue streams, but do not get carried away. Maybe just list out three points. Uh, value proposition. Oh, sorry, you were saying? Um, now I was going to say revenue stream serves a separate purpose as well for you to determine how much your profit margin is going to be or what your target profit margin should be. Yeah. So that's on the right-hand side of the canvas itself. Mm-hmm. And as we Which, move on to yeah. the value proposition, I think there should only be one, one solid value proposition mm-hmm. uh, followed by uh, like what we have talked about, the problem the solution is all single uh, single metric huh? what is one problem that you can solve that people pay mm-hmm. what is one solution that you can pro- provide that they think they cannot live with, without it and of course one key metrics and finally how much does it cost for you to produce this item mm-hmm. yeah so the interesting thing about this lean canvas is that <clears throat> sorry you need more water the, <laughs> yeah I finished my cup of water is that the left side <clears throat> sorry the left side is entirely concerned with the product mm-hmm. and the right side of the canvas is concerned with the market and this is actually a great way to see whether or not you have the um, initial um, basis for product market fit mm-hmm. yeah so it's a good way to compare what's happening on the left side the problem solution with what your uh, channels and your customer segments are yeah I think this is a very useful uh, canvas that for entrepreneurs looking to start or even seasoned entrepreneurs who you sold your company and you're starting back. So it will help you to look, have a clearer picture of whether is this something that you want to do and you can achieve the product market fit. Yep, definitely. And what I realized, uh, especially this week, because I was sharing my idea with quite a few other entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Is that once you've gone through this process of thinking about it really clearly through all these different steps, mm-hmm. it makes it much easier for you to explain what your value proposition is. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not just about whether or not your idea is good or not. It's whether or not you can um, convince experienced people that this execution is viable. Because I could have a great idea of like, I want to colonize the moon, right? And okay. that's brilliant because you've got no one else up there. You've got all the real estate that you want. You've got a huge amount of value, but how are you going to do it? Like no one's going to believe you. Yeah. Like, that's a very extreme <laughs> example. But yeah, having having this kind of uh, thought process is very, very important for you as an entrepreneur because you are going to be the face, the brain of your company. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot convince other people that this is a good idea, then you probably should not be doing it in the first place. <laughs> Talking about this, uh, one of the problems about software entrepreneurs or rather uh, entrepreneurs looking to tackle the software market, right, is because they know that they have the capability to code up uh, like a simple website that, or maybe a simple Node.js app that can perform some functions, hmm. they would dive straight into it without talking to users because they feel that... Uh, no, this is something I can do. I can hack out in a weekend. Uh, there's no point for me to talk to users. Then sometimes, not all, some are successful. But those, many, they are not. They After creating the app, they decided, oh, this is the next Facebook 
the moment they launched, no one signed up. <laughs> so yeah. they wasted their few weekends doing the project. Yeah. And I I think it's a matter of um whether or not it's worth the time investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can do it really quickly, like in a day or two, or maybe a week, then go ahead and do it. It's a good way to create an MVP that you can test. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not all you have to do. You have to go and validate it. Yeah. And I don't touch on this validation part uh, on this because Steve Blank, you know, like steveblank.com, everyone mm-hmm. been talking about it. And uh, one of the key things that he emphasizes is step out of the building and start talking to people. And yeah, I think that absolutely. in UX SG, you did something like that, right? You yeah. step out of the building and you all go interview with some... Can, can you share? Like, yeah. share so, the experience. Yeah. So my experience is this was uh, last week. Um, on Saturday, we went for a workshop. <clears throat> so one of the key things that we did was that we generated an idea. We talked about it internally within our team. And then we settled on the idea of like, oh, hey, we need to make packing easier. So with this idea, we had we created some questions to validate this idea. We wanted to check whether or not people found it to be actually difficult to pack because uh, within our group, all of us agreed that it was uh, problem packing. And also we wanted to validate like, how is it that it was difficult for some people? Was it because of where they travel or was it because of another factor? So with these ideas in mind, right, we went out and we started asking questions. And what we actually found was that people on the street didn't find packing to be a chore. They just threw their stuff in within like five minutes before they were going to get on the plane, that kind of thing, or leaving for the airport rather. And ultimately, what we realized is that there's a very specific group of travelers who find packing a chore. Those who are going on uh, trips that are about a week long, and also especially those who have to go to colder countries. Because when you're traveling to tropical countries, right, you don't really care. You just wear what you're wearing in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was what we discovered. And then we realized, oh, we have to be very specific about <clears throat> the target group of people that we're trying to get. Yeah. So that's a very good example of validating ideas that we had mm-hmm. and things that we would not have realized if we had not gone out to talk to people. And, and I want to touch on this particular... Uh, so... Pick-in was one of, uh, used to be Blocks and one those uh, incubation managers. I think that's not exactly the title. Anyway, she started her own startup called PS Love, doing uh-huh. subscription e-commerce for, no, Mensa's pet. The, the, so this is subscription e-commerce, nothing spectacular, nothing special. But uh-huh. the beautiful part is, before she jumped into this idea straight, she spent, I think, if I'm not wrong, one and a half months loitering around uh, Raffles Place area because she believed that her target audience are over there. And when the ladies are having lunch, she will approach them and she's asking, hey, will you be interested if uh, there's a $9 subscription and everyone will send you a happy box? You know, when, when ladies, they go through their menses, they might feel no pain. They want to receive a surprise so they can be happy. Right. So yeah. she go talk. Like for one and a half months, uh, she's been talking to all the users, trying to determine what is the correct price point. For example, first 10 ladies she approach, she'll say, hey, $9. Next 10 ladies, she'll try, hey, $19. And I really yeah. think that uh, going out, talking to people is the key, the yes. fundamental Absolutely. is the key. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely true. And I think that's actually a really great way, even though it's a 
slightly strange product. For... <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. This from a guy's point of view, but yeah. yeah. But but so, but for her, uh, uh-huh. that yeah, that method right helps her to determine three things. Uh, because I was talking to her, like one thing is I roughly know how much should I price. Mm. I roughly know uh that particular audience like uh PMETs or red, or or rather office ladies, uh. Yeah. How are they? Because if they are say they are, if they say they are not interested, they will know what are their current solutions when they are facing PMS. Uh, is yeah, it PMS? Absolutely. Yeah, PMS. And the last uh, thing is yeah. whether the idea is valid or not. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing about is this is it's a lot of manual work, <laughs> but I respect but her for that. I mean, it's a lot of manual work, but it's work that you need to put in because yeah. at the end of the day, if you're gonna spend a lot of money trying to get this off the ground, mm-hmm. right? I think that you should be willing to get down there and really know your audience before you even uh, commit to creating something like this. Oh yeah, talking about yeah. this, when mm. investor asks you, you can reply immediately, hey, I talked to 150 people, 75 exactly. say that they are willing to pay $9, the rest exactly. say that they are willing to pay $6. Wow, yeah. and so much more convincing. Will, yeah, exactly, and good investors will take that as a good sign that you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I wanted to jump into what our personal checklists are okay. for when you're um, vetting a business idea or business plan. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, why did you go? Yes, I have a long, very long checklist. Uh, <laughs> okay, so my first one, uh, my checklist will be, first will be demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, demand, trying to find out, is this something that people want? Mm-hmm. The next is to find out competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is doing it? Are they successful? And if they are not successful, why? If they are successful, how did they become successful? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the third thing is uh, care. How much personal interest uh, do I have in this topic? So for example, uh, let's say I'm doing an e-commerce shop for outdoor equipment. If I'm personally not interested in climbing mountains, going outdoor, you know, am I forcing myself to do this because currently there's a trend? in uh, outdoor equipment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that when you are doing something, you must have great interest and great passion. Otherwise, uh, it's hard for you to care for both you and your users. Mm. So expertise, uh, one of the, you can take this as domain knowledge. So if you have been in the wine industry for a long time, you have that domain knowledge itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, how broad or how narrow. So taking the wine industry, for example, are you going to sell just red wine? Or are you going to just sell, uh, are you going to do both red and white? Or if you are going to do whiskey, are you going to do single mod? Are you going to do those viable mod that's available? So uh, this one, differentiation for me. Uh, these, are the, these are the checklists that, all, that I want to check. How, how am I different from others? So you can only come to our store for, so for example, in this example, I'll take VC for example. YouTube, I will go for like Wild Banana, a lot of random stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'll go for a bit C for, you know, uh, Sunday, I want to chill. I want to look for some 15, 20 minutes short films. And of course, mm-hmm. uh, Southeast Asia style one. And I would go straight to last two. One is, will they pay? Because <laughs> if they're not paying for your product, then uh, there's no point for you to do it. Yeah. And last one is, if I really become successful, if I really become successful, how would I want to run this company? This fits into the long-term goal because it will tie in with your vision. 
and we have talked about this vision is very important in setting up a company yeah absolutely so this is a checklist I'll use and I will mm. also put this on the show notes okay excellent that's a very good checklist okay so I guess that brings us to the end of the show is there anything else you wanted to share Brian? uh no, but buy an iPhone because if you lose it, you can find it using Find My iPhone app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Okay, so uh, Brian, where can we find more about you? You can find me on Twitter at L-E-E-T-U-C-K-S-I-N-G. You can find me on Twitter as well at A-N-T-T-Y-C. You can find out more about our show at www.launchbyte.com. We are also on Facebook and on Twitter at Launchbyte. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye bye.